you can't just ungay yourself. You can't do that. That doesn't work. Welcome back to a special episode of Hello and Goodbye. I'm Leanna. I'm Jared. You were, <laughs> you, were, you were looking at me like I was going to get in there. Well, it's special because two of my really good friends are on. I know. It's a really beautiful episode. Two it is, amazing humans share their stories with us that are like really kind of deep and profound, but also beautiful. Yeah. So Joe Cano and Cole Alexander um, are my two good friends and they're a beautiful couple and beautiful humans. And we wanted to just have them share their story because they have so openly shared with me. And um, it's like, grab your tissues because there's, it's like heartbreaking at times. Yeah. So I just, you know, I just can't wait for you guys to listen. And I hope that it's just very eye-opening for a lot of people that, um, you know, like it's it's still really hard to be gay. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and this is, I mean, I, I love when we can bring stories because you and I are both sort of cis heterosexual white people, mm-hmm. and so whenever we can bring, you know, voices to our podcast that you know provide a more kind of like diverse and and rich like worldview and kind of different takes on love and relationships and family and all of these things. It's, it's so cool for us to get to do that. So definitely. And on that note, I, so just FYI, I think I forget to say this, but like we have a YouTube channel. Oh yeah. (laughs) We have 33 subscribers. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and guys, I put all of our, interviews up there so you can actually see us talking through the Mm -hmm. interview and especially this one not only do you need to check it out because cole and joe are like just hot but like you can see the emotion and all of the vulnerability behind it so and it was really funny because at one point you and joe were both crying (laughs) and cole and i were like we got this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is that like is that because we're like maybe the more avoidant uh, maybe types yeah. That we're both I, like, yeah i don't, don't know d- don't worry guys don't worry we're gonna pick it up yeah from here. <laughs> um so anyway it's hello and goodbye on youtube so go check us out and then just to talk about some other housekeeping stuff yep we need your reviews you guys it, we need apple to share our podcast we need people to hear about our podcast so head to apple Podcasts write a review, give us a five star. We just, we would really appreciate it. Yeah. And we have a contest going on right now. We have a contest going on and I just upped the Annie. Oh. Okay. So I ordered some custom hello and goodbye stickers. Nice. So first place gets a hat and a sticker. Okay. And there will be a second and a third place. Okay. That will each get a sticker. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So I'm excited. (laughs) Plus, There's new new merch coming, but I'm not going to announce it until it's like officially there. Do I get a hello and goodbye sticker to put on my water bottle? Um, maybe that was going to be your Christmas present. (laughs) Oh, by the way, happy belated Hanukkah to our Jewish listeners. Yeah, happy belated Hanukkah, you guys. And actually, so this is our last episode coming out before Christmas. 
Oh, yeah. So we are taking off the 22nd, you guys, just for mm -hmm. we can have a little holiday break. Yep. Um, so we'll see you guys the week after. So we'll have an episode before New Year's. But Merry Christmas. Yes. Have happy holidays. Happy holidays to all. And if you really need your hello and goodbye fix that week of the 22nd, just listen to an old episode. <laughs> I thought something really wisdomous was gonna come out no. of your mouth. No, just scroll back, just click see all older episodes, <gasps> scroll back and pick one at random. You know what you could actually do? Is you what? could subscribe to our Patreon and become a Patreoni, yes. and there's bonus, content, the bonus content on our patreon.com slash hello and goodbye podcast. Um, as little as $3 a month, you can pledge yep. more, you can pledge less. We really appreciate it. Become a Patreoni. Um, and then the last thing is it's been a while since we talked about our tushies. Yes. So we have a sponsor with Tushy, um, and Tushy provides bidets. Yes, they are a bidet brand um the website is hellotushy.com yes and actually it it's actually to get your 10 percent off it's hellotushy.com slash hello and goodbye yep so they have a whole line of products from like your basic standard like bidet it like takes not that long to hook up to any toilet and I have actually personally assembled one tushy. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Even Leanna did. It. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, but they also have like some upgraded models that have yes. like the warm water and all kinds of different things. They also have travel bidets. Mm -hmm. They have some. They have bamboo towels yep. and eco-friendly toilet paper. Like and they have, you know tushy shirts yeah they have merch sport. yeah, yeah sport I, I, I feel like this would be perfect if you have like someone in your life that you don't know what to get them for the holidays or their birthday that like is a little bit like crunchy so you could do like uh, oh this is really sustainable and like yeah. it's way better than using a ton of toilet paper and whatever i this is actually like a fantastic Christmas gift. It really is. It really is. So head to hellotushy.com slash hello and goodbye and get 10% off your bidet today. Oh. <laughs> you, you, by the way, that, that broadcasting school you've been taking is really, it's really paying off. I know. It's really helping me with all of my things. Yes. <laughs> okay. So really quick, we're just going to kind of check in with you guys. Um, we did spend a weekend in Palm Springs, hanging out with Cole and Joe. It was lovely. Cole turned, I won't say his age on here, but he turned, he had a birthday. Yep. <laughs> and it was so much fun celebrating. Um, you, how are, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you, do you, you do want to go ahead and spoil the update? Is that what you were going to do? So you finally. I jerked off. Yep. Is that what you're about to say? <laughs> I love how more this is tastefully. Like, I was gonna say more tastefully, like you finally nutted. Yeah. <laughs> is that more tasteful? <laughs> so I ended my little celibacy experiment, um, and it just felt like it was time. There was no big thing that happened, uh, uh, and I'm glad I did it. How long did it last? When I jerked off, or how long was I not jerking off for? No, how long did it last when you jerked off? Oh, it was very quick. <laughs> And how do you feel? I'm, I'm I'm glad I did it. I feel like it actually helped me like learn some stuff. Like I think I said this last week about like desire and my relationship to desire and stuff like that. And it's and it's interesting. Like I think um, 
I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think I think either is great. I mean, there's no like right or wrong here. Absolutely. And I think like it's exciting that you had that time and now it's exciting that that time is over and then you get to decide where you want to go from it. Yeah. Or from here. Sure. Yeah. I masturbated like every day last week. Good for you. Thank you. I love that. <laughs> okay. What's happening with you other than now that we've both given our masturbation updates? <laughs> um, okay. So I had an interesting... So I... I talked last week about how I'm like, have all these guys kind of randomly coming into my life. Oh, that's been happening to me too. Oh, <gasps> really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. We're going to have to un unpack that like in two weeks. <laughs> um, but anyway, this guy, I, I feel like he's been trying to ask me out for like eight months. Yeah. But we'll like start it and then like not follow through. Like for instance, like he... It started with, he was like, he reached out to me. I knew he was interested. Mm -hmm. And he reached out to me wondering how much I charge for yoga privates. Ugh. And this is like, I posted something about social media. It's like, I, guys, sometimes I get it where guys, or I get where guys reach out to me and they want to go on a date with me or spend time with me. And so their way of thinking about doing it is by asking me for a service. Yes. But I think they think maybe I'm going to give them a discount or like, I mean, they'd have to actually do the service. So I just, I always tell them above my going rate. Good. Smart thinking. You know, I like support that. if they want piano lessons, I give them a price. If they want yoga sessions, I give them a price. I go above. And there's been a couple guys that have gone with it and then nothing ever happens. Right. So yeah. this one guy though, like I would, I would actually get coffee with but I knew that he was like recently out of something and I was like I'm not even gonna like mess with it so obviously like he didn't move forward with the yoga lessons okay how long ago was this this was back in May okay and um and then he reached out a little bit later and was like hey I'm still thinking about yoga um I'm just like trying to get like you know back into fitness blah 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 and he's like um, you know, can you let me know when you have some openings? And I'm like, yeah, I said, you can just book with me whenever. And like, he's like, I have openings. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, like I'll get back to you. I'll let you know. And then like, doesn't. Yeah. Okay. So randomly he messaged me and was like, Hey, um, <laughs> are you going to read it to us? Sure. It says, I know this is out of the blue, but was wondering if you want to go on a hike or something similar. Good for him. Exactly. Yes. Good job. Finally. He goes, I want to up my fitness in 2022. Also still interested in a stretching routine. And I'm like, okay, so you want me to... Am I going on a hike yeah. to <laughs> teach you proper stretching? So then I said, I'm totally up for it. Have you been to this hike that we have here in Redlands? It's mm -hmm. only about three miles, but it'll be too cold in the Big Bear area. Um, FYI, yoga is more than stretching. Um, there's actually a lot of strength training to it. Cause I, I just don't like it when guys are like, Oh, I want to do yoga. I want to stretch. It's like, it's fucking hard, dude. Yeah. So anyway, he goes, awesome. I've actually done that a few times. I've done it as a bike ride too. Um, I don't really know much cool stuff for hikes though. That's where you come in. 
So then it oh, all like of it. You plan something? Yeah. So it all what? of it. I know. I know. So I'll time to with me. Okay, go. So it all of a sudden went to <laughs> <laughs> him reaching out to go on a hike with me and then making me pick the hike. Me suggesting something, yes. he doesn't like yeah, it. Yeah, that's the worst part. Is he ma he makes you pick it after he said after you suggested something and he sort of shoots it down. Yes. And then he goes, "Well, you're, it's your job to pick something," and it's like, "I already did, dude." I know. So now I, it's your job. So I said, "I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a hike expert." I said, "There's some cool hikes near you know this place in Ukaipa, and then there's a cool hike about ten minutes past Mentone." And then he goes, anything with a view and some elevation sounds fun to me. Okay, then go fucking do some research. I'm just like, at this point, I'm just so annoyed. And then he goes, I'll ask around and see what I can come up with too. Okay, great. Also, there's an app, you guys, called All Trails. Yeah. Okay. So he goes, um, I've never been a big hiker, but I want to head to Yosemite this summer and do a bigger loop. So, like, are you saying that you want me to help you train for <laughs> the summer? Like, I'm just so confused. Then I say, so I say, okay, laughy face. And then I said, if you download the app, all trails. I said, but I also don't know you that well. So close and easy is a start for me. Good job. And he goes, um, crafting his clothes. That should be work. That should work enough. He goes, but the goal is to be in enough hiking shape to do something bigger in Yosemite this summer again. And I'm like, I don't understand. He doesn't, he has like no, he has no awareness of the social dynamic that's happening. He's like, but I, I got to train, <laughs> I got to train to do Yosemite. I feel you're like, all right, then go for a hike by yourself. I feel so bad harping on this person because I think he's a nice guy and I think he's just, he's out of his game. Like he doesn't know how to get back into the dating game. But I feel like I've given him a lot of like hints to yeah. just like go there. So anyway, basically he's, he says, oh, then he says, hit me up when you're free and the weather looks good. <laughs> Are you, if people could see the look on my face, it's pure disgust. <laughs> I mean, this is like, this is like some like ninth level. Like, he's like, I'm, I'm going to, like, it's like a fake. It's like a, like, a, like when someone does a pump fake in basketball and they make you think you're about to yeah, shoot it, so yeah. you like jump up in the air. So, he's giving you so many pump fakes. He's like, I'm gonna act like I'm gonna ask you out, yeah. but then I'm gonna make you ask me out. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm gonna act like I'm gonna plan a date. But then I'm going to make you plan the date. <laughs> then I'm going to make you pick the time and check the weather. This is unbelievable. Are you so glad I pulled this up? <laughs> okay, so then I just said, you would appreciate my forwardness. So I said, hey, and I said his name. I feel like you've been trying to ask me out for a while. <laughs> I'm totally down to hang. Do you want to just grab coffee? Okay. And then I said, also, I didn't mean that to be harsh, just trying to simplify. Yeah. So then he goes, that's awesome. Not harsh at all. I appreciate the honesty. Figured I would see you at this event again that we had met at. Anyways, yes, coffee sounds good too. I do love the hiking stuff though. Um, like why sit at a table and talk about things when we can do the same <laughs> cruising of the cold trail, which is what 
Oh, this guy. So then he puts, so I ask him, I'm like, let's just get coffee. Yeah. Then he puts that idea down again. Yeah. Yeah. So then I said, um, I appreciate it. I think just because we have never spent any time together, coffee feels better to me. Is that cool? And then he goes, it absolutely is no cool. I mean, sorry, hold on. It absolutely is cool. No worries. Never heard back. Yeah, just done. <laughs> Never again. Like, this is someone where you're like, no, moving on. Next. <laughs> is it? It's just like, it. it is an anomaly. Wait, is that the right word? Yes. Yeah. It, I mean, it's either that or he's like, you know, kind of interested, but not like super interested and is really interested in like having a fitness buddy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, I think, I, here's what I think it is. And I know we got to wrap this up because we got to get to the interview. But like, I think he, he's interested. He's attractive. I think he's intimidated by me. And I think he's been trying to somehow wedge his way into my life while also impressing me. And so he's trying to impress me by being like, well, I'm going to do this hike in Yosemite. Like, I'm going to get like on it and like kept bringing that up. Like, I got to get in fit for this hike in Yosemite. Like, like making maybe like making sure that I think that he can do more than like a three mile hike mm -hmm. or can do more than just like sit and grab coffee or I don't know. But it was like very odd and. I just, I knew you guys would enjoy that. And I feel that bad. I kind of feel funny. bad, like, bat ragging on him a little bit. But it's also, well, like, it's we're, also we're teasing out of love. Yeah, like, we don't think there's anything. Like, he's not a bad person. No, not at all. Yeah. It's just, I, thi I think. I feel like, though, if Gregors was here, he would tell you, like, you're making too many excuses for him. Like, you're, you're giving this a very nice read. Well, it's either that or, either that or he's, I mean, and it's no bad intention on his part, but he might just be sort of so oblivious and being like, well, but I want to hike. And like, you seem like a cool person to go on a hike with. He's like, I don't really feel like getting coffee. And if what he was like really, really wanting to do was just spend time with you and get to know you, he would be like, coffee. Yep. Whatever. Like, how about, how about Sunday? Like, you know? Sure. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm not like trying to give him excuses because I like want to actually get together with him. But yeah. um, I, I'm curious if your guys' take. So DM us. Yeah. Hit Let us, us up. know. Yeah. yeah. All right, you guys, I cannot wait for you guys to hear this interview. Um, enjoy, and we will see you after. I am so excited for this interview. <laughs> These are two of my best guy friends. We have Joe Cano and Cole Alexander on the pod today. Um, welcome, you guys. Hi. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> I just, like, I am so excited. I want to kind of share how we met and like our friendship journey. But can you guys each kind of just talk a little bit about who you are, maybe where you grew up and what you do now? <laughs> sure, I'll start. How about that? Um, okay. So hi, I'm Joe. Uh, I grew up actually in Southern California in Palm Springs area, which I'm exactly where I'm at right now, which is very fun. Um, and I work like in digital tech and strategy. And um, so that's what I do. I'm a little tech nerd type of guy. Um, I lived in New York for 12 years, San Francisco, LA, and moved back um, to LA in the pandemic and met this beautiful person, Cole. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, that's me. I love it. And Cole? Uh, my name's Cole. I'm originally from Orange County, California. I've been in LA for like 15 years now. 
And I grew up in a very conservative family. Um, I'm an interior designer. And yeah, I've been with Joe for like a year, a little over a year. The best year of his life. (laughs) Definitely adventurous. Tell really quickly how you guys met and kind of like the formation of this relationship. Uh, Tinder. Yeah. Love it. The Tinder romance. Tinder romance. I literally was on on a plane landed in LAX, downloaded Tinder, and Cole was like one of the first people I matched with. So yeah, and spiraled from there. And like in a couple of days we met and the rest is history. That's amazing. Two beautiful SoCal men <laughs> using technology to find love together. Like and what it could was, be better? It was during the pandemic, right? Because a year yeah. ago. It was, yeah. it was a COVID day. A COVID, yeah. a COVID relationship. Yeah. So did, 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 did you guys have an intentionally like COVID safe first date or did you no, just go in all like, in? I kissed him like after the first, after, after brunch. <laughs> yes. We were COVID <laughs> safe until. Until you probably, made out. Until probably yeah. the make out, which I was so hoping was going to happen. So. <laughs> so Cole, you kissed Joe first. Um. Yeah, we got in the car and um, this is, I'm like sweating here. Uh, we got in the car and um, and I was just like, he was looking at me, he had this big smile on his face and I was just like, you just kissed me? And he's like, yes. And I was like, okay. And so Aww, then it happened. Yeah. I love so, it. Because well, with COVID, like you never know. So I didn't want to like overstep bounds, but I'm like, if this was yeah. not COVID, I would have already kissed him. So what do we do here? I love this. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about how we met and why you're on the pod. So I kind of want to hear your guys' side of the story. Because I've actually talked about, I think on the pod, about how I met you guys. Because I talk about you guys a lot. But um, so uh, Michelle has a good friend that lives down in Palm Springs. And if you're listening for the first time, Michelle is my best friend. And she was like, hey, do you want to come to this 4th of July party? And I'm like yeah, sure. Why not? And I brought Jared with me. So Jared and I went down and, um, it was like super fun. And I didn't know, I didn't realize how many beautiful gay men there would be at this party. And I was kind of hoping some of you guys were bi, to be honest, (laughs) because you are so beautiful. Um, and anyway, so I got in the pool and I was like talking to a couple guys and then Joe came over first, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think Joe came over first and we started talking and then Cole came over and I didn't know you guys were together. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're so hot. They're so hot. <laughs> <laughs> and I just got to know you guys a little bit. And then you guys left. So we kind of like split off into two groups and I stayed because Michelle was there. Um, but apparently you guys were where like the party was at and I should have gone with you. And we immediately like became Instagram friends and then Joe DM me and he's like, okay, we're all obsessed with you. (laughs) 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 We have to get together sometime. Um, and then a couple months went by and then we finally, I went down and I hung out with you guys and then it's kind of been on since then. But like, what is your guys' take on all of that? Yeah. So uh, the friend Martin, um, he's the one actually I knew him from New York. And so we were having like a bunch of pool parties at my house, pool party at his house. Um, and when you kind of walked in, we were like, oh, let's just meet some new people. I love meeting new people. It's like 
very fun for me. Um, and so we were like in the pool talking and you were just very open and honest and very approachable. And I love that. And you actually asked questions. And so I immediately was like, wow, someone that is like in the Southern California area that actually wants to like hear about other people and not just talk about themselves is fantastic. So um, from there, I was like, okay, great. She's, she's bubbly. She's fun. She's gorgeous as well. Um, so it was great to talk to you. I actually think we talked with Jared as well, kind of in the pool talking about just like random stuff, keeping it very light, but I just loved how free flowing the conversation was. And, um, even actually that night when you're like, Oh, we just kind of stayed at the house. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you should have messaged us. Like we were out to dinner and then we went out to bars and just like, yeah, why didn't I get, why? I I miss like, ugh. Yeah, Diana, like I, you're the one that takes initiative all the time. I don't. Understand. I know. You know, I was confused. I was felt like I was stuck between a rock and a hard place. Well, you were also so, with Michelle. No. She's your very best friend. Well, so, right. Like, you're not right. gonna like just abandon her. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, we figured it out. We, we figured did. it out. Yeah. <laughs> now we're here. Well, I love it. I'm so glad that we are friends. I just really appreciate you guys and respect you so much. Um, and one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on the pod is because you guys have opened up to me so much about your journey um, and the hardships that you guys have faced as gay men. And, you know, we haven't really, this we haven't had a gay man on the podcast, um, let alone two beautiful gay men in a gorgeous relationship. (laughs) Um, And I just think your stories are so valuable and people need to hear them because they're also um, so much of what you've endured is so horrible and sad. And I think, you know, in 2021, we, we try and put stuff aside that we don't want to hear about because it's too painful to hear. Um, But I think it's important to, to, to tell people. So I just really appreciate you guys coming on and, and being open to share. Um, Jared, did you have a, Jared yeah. came up with some more eloquent questions than I did. <laughs> well, and so, and so we can start, you know, anywhere you guys want to, but maybe a place to start is like, if you can t- talk about the journey of sort of first realizing and in a way kind of coming out to yourself, Right. And like what that process was like when that happened for you. And was there like a period of like questioning or denial and and like those kinds of things. And before you guys get started, too, I want to say, be careful if like you don't want someone's name to be named. (laughs) Maybe just keep it as discreet as possible. (laughs) Who's going first, Joe? Yeah, we're here for it. Yeah, we'll just first. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. Um, So, yeah, I first realized that I was gay or actually I didn't really know really what kind of gay really meant and really was I just knew that I was different um actually the difference kind of came in probably when I was like eight like I'm like I don't I want to play with the girls I don't want to play with the boys like this is different and so even like my parents were like no have have more boyfriends like have guy friends like go play baseball go play soccer go play football do all the things you're supposed to kind of do and I just didn't want to do that um, I more wanted to like dig up my backyard and try to find a dinosaur bone. Um, that was like what I was. So I wasn't kind of like that normal kind of kid. So that's when I noticed that there was something different, but didn't know what it was or what it was called. Kind of coming into my own, probably about like 12 or 13, I'm like, okay, I'm starting to have some of the feelings like I'm more attracted to a guy than a girl. So 
this is kind of gay, but you know, I'm still figuring things out. You know, you're growing, you, you know, hair's growing everywhere. You're kind of, your mind's going everywhere as well. Um, so you don't really know kind of what's happening. I think I really kind of knew when I was probably about 14 um, that, okay, I am, I am gay. So what do I do with this? Raised super Mormon, conservative, that is not acceptable whatsoever. So for me, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to push this away. I'm going to hide it. I'm going to pray a lot. I'll figure it out. It'll, it'll kind of work its way, you know, out. Um, when I was 16, I came kind of out to my parents, um, but came out in a way that was, Hey, I need help. I don't want to be, mm. I want to be married. I want to be, you know, Mormon. I want to get sealed in the temple. I want to do all the things that, you know, I should be doing that I was kind of preconditioned to kind of do. And so, my parents were like, we'll help you, you know, we'll do everything we can, you know, we love you, your son, all that stuff. So it felt very warm and felt like, okay, you know, my parents have my back. But what I didn't realize is I was kind of going to get put into like conversion therapy mm-hmm. and kind of reset myself. And so for a 16 year old, you know, I think we're all very confused when we're 16, especially back then, you know, in the 90s. So for me, I'm like, okay, this is great. I'm going to have a plan. I will figure this out. And then I'm going to come out of it and I'll be straight. Just exactly what I want. I'll be like everyone else. It's all I ever wanted was to be accepted and to be like everybody else. Um, Obviously, that was not the case kind of going through the therapy. Um, And I was in it for almost five years, actually. Um, You know, just going through group therapy, one-on-one therapy, electric shock therapy. Like I did everything that I possibly could. My parents kind of kept throwing stuff at me to be like, let's try this, let's try that. And this was a program sponsored by the church. So it was, you know, it was structured and, you know, it it was, it was a lot. And I think probably three and a half, four years into it, I realized like, this is not going to change, but I didn't know what else to do. And kind of what else to kind of come out. So that was kind of my story. And mm. very different than probably most people probably have gone through that type of therapy, mm-hmm. um, which was not kind of great. And a lot of therapy afterwards to kind of reverse all the effects of kind of oh, yeah. that, that therapy as you're, you know, coming into your own. And as this kind of adolescent being told you shouldn't be the way that you are, shouldn't have the feelings that you should have that wreaks havoc on you. So, you know, I was super insecure. I, I, I was not the person that I was now. It took a lot to kind of build up, um, kind of, and to be like a functioning, you know, human again. Um, so yeah, that was kind of like my kind of coming out and like actually coming out story. And then when I was like 21, I fully, fully came out and I'm like, no conversion therapy. I am gay. I'm a gay man. I like men. I'm going to go live this life. And then there was a huge like blow up of family, church, religion, school, everything. Cause I was at BYU. Um, you can't oh, be gay wow. at BYU. So it kind of turned my entire life upside down. And then um, it actually led to me kind of really coming to my own and be like, what do I want to do as a person, as a gay man and how to actually even be gay. Cause I didn't know really what that meant other than it was bad. And that I shouldn't be doing anything mm. like you guys. So yeah, it's definitely an interesting <laughs> road, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. I want to come back and talk a lot about a lot of those things, yeah. <laughs> but Cole, Kel, give us a little Real good content on, there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine's kind of like Joe's. Um, 
I grew up in a very conservative Christian family, born again Christian, um, like never missed a Sunday church. Um, I remember a commentary from my dad, like growing up that was anti-gay, um, that kind of like, it still resonates with me. Um, but I, um, yeah, I'm the youngest of three boys and, um, I kind of always knew that I was like, that I had attraction towards men, but in high school, I had a girlfriend for three years. So that kind of helped like hide me, mm-hmm. I guess, if you want to say, or keep me in the closet. Um, so that was like the last three years of high school, like actually like the first year of call, like the first semester of college, I kind of broke up with her after the, um, some, after summer of our, of our senior year. Um, but then, yeah, I was with her and, uh, we broke up and then I kind of was always interested in boys. I was in musical theater. So go figure. <laughs> and, um, my dad, I remember my dad, like there's another comment that he made, but when he found out that I wanted to be a musical theater major, he was like, uh, well, you know, there's a lot of like homosexuals in there. Like, are you going to like, you know, what are you going to do about that? And I was like, mm. so, you know, and didn't really like inside. I was like, You're yeah, like, that's why I'm there. I'm all, yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I'm going to meet, I'm going to meet people. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I was with, uh, I was with her and then I was in college and that's kind of when I came out later on, but I never really came out to my family until I was 27 after my second boyfriend, um, because I thought I was in like in love with him and we were going to get married. And I thought like, you know, it's like, you know, that mid twenties, like, you know, something like probably similar to you, Leanna, you know what I mean? Like you're in your twenties and this person's like, you're everything, you know? And so it was after, um, yeah, after Obama, like, are we telling coming out stories? Should I tell a come out story? Yeah, yeah, do it. <laughs> well, actually, so it well, after- actually can, can, can I ask you a question? Like, yeah. of like, so I'm curious. So this three year relationship you had uh-huh. in high school, like, it's interesting because in Joe's story, he talked about, you know, like he had this period with the conversion therapy where he had an awareness of, you know, being gay, but also like this kind of desire to try to like not be gay. And I'm curious, like, so what was it like internally for you? in that relationship like did you struggle with like like did you feel real genuine attraction towards her i did have a genuine attraction towards her um i mean i was intimate with her like i got caught by my mom like not having sex with her in the act but she found out from like a journal that was written um to from my girlfriend to me my my mom had this really bad habit of um of like going in through your room and like cleaning, like, oh, I'm going to clean. Oh, sure. Yeah. But it's really just like, I'm going to go through all your shit and like try to yeah. bust you. Wow. So wow. she um, went through this journal and yeah, caught me like that I had been intimate with her. And that was a big, huge tailspin. They almost took me out of my senior year of high school, like six months before it was over and like transferred me to a different school because they didn't want me to be around her. And, you know, like it was, it was a whole, a whole thing. But um, no, I always had attraction um, towards her. Um, But in the end, like when I was just being real with myself, it was more of like, I love you, but I love you like you're my sister, you know? Mm. And so we're still friends on social media. Um, She's married and has two kids. The funny kind of like sad thing, I guess, though, I hope she doesn't hear this, is that um, the the boyfriend before me that she had, uh, he was also gay. So like her first two boyfriends were gay, but now she's married with kids. So I guess she finally like three's a charm, but yeah, she's still in Orange County and living her life. And yeah. I mean, 
I think that just says she has excellent taste. In well, that. yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, the truth is, is like, you know, it's inter- I, I don't think I've ever dated anyone that then has come out as gay, but I don't know that I would be mad about it. You know, like I would just be like, oh, OK, like good for you, you know, and I don't think that it would take away from our experience together because there would could still be love, you know. Mm-hmm. I guess so. I mean, in hindsight, I don't think I've ever been like really extra masculine. So I'm sure all of her family must have been like, <laughs> you sure you want to be with them? You sure you want to be with them for three years? You know what I mean? But we had fun. Like it was a good, it was a good relationship. Um, just, you know, in the end it was like, I definitely broke her heart and that felt really hard. And mm-hmm. even I sobbed when I broke up with her, I called my mm-hmm. friend um, at the time and I, I don't talk to this friend anymore, but I remember sobbing because it was just like the loss, you know, like the loss yeah. of losing someone that was like with you for like that time of your life. Yeah. And, and so it doesn't sound like that period in your life was like a really like conflicted period where you're like having these, feelings no i mean i definitely towards her and like yeah 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 it was never like a conflict of like that um i mean i definitely had attraction to men but i was with her so that was it you know did you ever wonder like what i guess like was there any thought that maybe you're bi like that you're attracted to women and men i mean i think so many men go through this so many gay men go through I'm bi, it got like being bi is a gateway to like just coming out. So yeah, to my, my extended family um, or even like people that I like met, I would tell them, oh yeah, I'm, you know, I'm bi. But then like, I always kind of knew I was gay. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then of course it just, you know, as you get a little older, a little more confident, you know, I was just came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Th- that's such an interesting phenomenon because my closest gay male friend first came out to like our friend group as bi and it was like really genuine you know he was this was like we were in our like mid-20s and he was like sometimes i jerk off to porn of women and sometimes i jerk off to porn of men and like you know and he you know kind of like but he was also saying things like you know i think i would like a family and children you know i i see that more with a woman but i also have these feelings of attraction and so you know it's so interesting to me because it's true that that's a common step. And now this friend that I'm talking about is a happily married gay man. And, and that's a common step for a lot of gay men, like you said, Cole, but I, it's also kind of, I've heard people do this thing where they're like, Oh yeah. If a guy says that he's bi, like that's bullshit. He's just on the way to being gay. And I think like, that's also like, that's kind of shitty. Like, cause there are actually bi men as well. Yeah, um, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think now we're like this whole like, you know, there's much more people talking about like gender fluidity and like what that means and kind of the and like the Kinsey scale is is the thing. I think people there is definitely special people that are a little bit more gay and, you know, a little more masculine people that kind of go back and forth. You know, um, I run a pride ARG at my company and there were a, a, probably like 20% of the people were guys or girls that actually were by that, you know, dated guys and both dated girls, or some of them were actually dating a guy and a girl at the same time. And they were like in something together. So I think it all just depends on part of it is society, I think as well. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's comfortable and can you actually share your full self to people? And instead of being like, you're either straight or you're either gay, like growing up, 
again, like in the, in the 90s, it was like gay straight, that was it. Like bi, like really wasn't a thing. That was, to your point, it was the gateway into you saying that you were gay and coming out. So mm-hmm. now I think there's so many different kind of other boxes you can kind of go into. You kind of make your own box. And yeah. that's, that, I love that now where you can kind of just be whoever you want to be versus being very black and white, which life obviously, as you guys know, is not. Yeah, I think that's so cool, like the breakdown of category and stuff. Leanna, do you know what the Kinsey scale is? I don't know what the Kinsey scale is. Oh, so the Kinsey scale is basically like, um, it was a doctor, was it like 40s, 50s, way before the time of like when, Mm -hmm. you know, socially acceptable. And he did a lot of like sexual experiments. And he himself was kind of by had a wife, but also would, you know, mess around with guys as well. And so he's like, I want to see on the scale of how, you know, people are from like being super straight and masculine to maybe being like super gay and like very effeminate. And so it kind of was a, a kind of a sexual um, like uh, spectrum. Yeah. A sexual spectrum basically. Yeah. And again, super ahead of his time. A lot of doctors like were like, this is not, this is, you know, ludicrous. This is nonsense. Cause back then, being gay really wasn't a thing, totally under the covers, you know, it was, it was, it was not socially acceptable. So I think it was super provocative, but I love that he did that. And he was definitely a visionary and kind of coming in and showcasing that it's not just a one size fits all. There's a spectrum of everything. And we know that today to be fully true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and so the idea is like, no one is like a hundred percent gay or a hundred percent straight. Like we're all kind of like, like even people who are like, oh, I'm completely straight. Like you might be like 90, 10. Right. You know, like, the, the, you know, and the, there are people that are like 80, 20, 50, 50, like right. whatever. Um, and that we all kind of like have some fluidity in gender identity, gender expression, and sort of like sexual orientation, sexual preference and everything like that. And just to like throw something in here, I think, you know, Joe, I so appreciate and, and call you two, both of you talking about like, it, this is, you know, like, this is such a thing about bullshit that society puts onto people because we are like maybe like one generation removed, less than one generation removed from homosexual behavior being considered mental illness. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, this idea, you know, and it like, there was like, gosh, what was it in like the forties or fifties, even like when there would be like underground like bars and places in like New York and Chicago that gay men could gather, like the police would come in and like round everyone up and arrest them. Yeah. Like, and, and, and so, and so for, you know, for people like the two of you, like that stigma is still so heavy is still with us. And like, it just, I, I think that historical perspective, like adds a lot of like, just gravity and awareness to like the courageousness of like any person who, who, you know, comes out and like just shares their true self with the world. Yeah. You know, hundred percent. I mean, that's like whole like instances of like Stonewall and what happened there, like the raid happened and they actually stood up. It was the first time that like a population stood up and drag queens and gay men stood up to the police versus being raided and being arrested. And so that's why there's gay pride in June. And so that's why there's a whole celebration around it was because that was the portion of the business of where we started to liberate ourselves from this like stigma of we're going to hide in these like underground bars and these speakeasies where people, you know, aren't going to see us and actually be out and loud and proud. And so there's a lot of things that we almost take for granted now. And even nowadays, like being able to hold hand, like down a street, that's fantastic. Before that would have never been able to be possible. So it's, it's amazing to see how far we've come. And actually this next generation of Gen Z, how people like 
they don't care. Like it doesn't yeah. matter. No one asks you, you don't even have to even really come out as gay. You're just yourself. Yeah. And whether, whether you like girls or guys, it doesn't, doesn't matter. And I love that. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's just like date who you want to date. Like if you want to wear a dress tomorrow, like wear a fucking dress, sure. like, you know, like yeah. whatever you want to do. Yeah. Right. It's definitely um, going to be interesting to see what happens or what the world will look like when like the boomers are not here anymore because they're really the ones that are like holding all of that, like holding us captured in so many ways. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I did not know that about like, that's why the month of pride or pride yeah. is in the month of June is that's when, it, wow, how ignorant of me not to even look that up. I mean, see, but that's how privileged I am. <laughs> that's how privileged I am is I've never had to like even think about that, you know, yeah. because I'm straight and I just I date men and like so I'm not like it's nothing I, I just haven't had to think about. Um I wonder, Joe, can you talk a little bit about conversion the conversion therapy that you had? Yeah. Because I think you kind of talked extensively with me one time about like what it entailed and it was pun intended, shocking. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in the conversion therapy, they, um, again, I think being sponsored by a church was probably the first kind of mistake of this. Um, mm. But there's basically, there's three different types. There was a group therapy. We kind of all sat in a circle similar to like an AA. And they didn't be like, you know, this is conversion therapy because you're gay. This was same sex attraction disorder therapy so it was in the thing that i was a disorder that you had to like you know get rid of so we had our group therapy you talk about you know when did you masturbate last like did you think about a guy and so you talk in this circle about all this stuff that was really personal and very weird to be talking in this and like here's how you can you know get rid of it and so they said you know like don't have play places or play things or play people. So you had to get rid of, you know, going to a coffee shop, maybe that you could possibly run into a gay guy. If you had someone you thought that was gay, that was in your circle, stop talking to them, things like that. And then you had one-on-one -on -one therapy that kind of just went a little bit deeper of, um, they had like a, a spoke. It was like a bicycle spoke wheel. And every team, every single spoke was like, an overbearing mother, a disattachment to your father. There was like all of these things that kind of made this wheel and they akined it to, if you break each one of these like spokes in the wheel, you then won't be gay anymore and you'll be straight. So you need to, you know, distance, you know, distance yourself from your mom, talk to your dad more, make straight friends, go play like a sport and be really good at it and find a <laughs> to And so like, I mean, it seems funny, but like, part of our assignments, they were like, go play basketball today. And I'm that like, is wild. Gosh, because I, that's what makes you straight. That's what makes you straight. Yeah. Correct. Of course. You know, this is like 96, 97. So like, there's like, oh yeah, if you play sports, you're obviously straight. So this is how, and then it was like role-playing as well. Of like they bring in women and they'd be like, all right, here's how you would like be with a woman. And like, here's why the women and women are beautiful. And, and so like they were conditioning there and then, I also did shock therapy because uh, I was put in when I was younger. So when you're a minor, your parents can kind of sign you up for a lot of things that probably are not the best for you. So yeah. I did shock therapy for a bit. And that was probably the most traumatic thing that I kind of went through because it's just, it's invasive. You have a bunch of people in the room. You really don't have any clothes on and you're just there. You're like a science experiment. So it actually really messed up with my intimacy to be totally honest because it was just 
you know, consistent bad where I didn't want anyone to touch or to like hug or like even a handshake with people. I'd be like, it's okay. I'd like wave, you know? So it was a definitely like a different kind of feel, but this was kind of compounded. I did it in California. I moved to Utah to kind of do this as well and kind of go to like a main center and go to like conferences and all this stuff. And, you know, it, it definitely was, uh, a hard time in my life because it just basically said everything that I'm feeling and I'm doing. And you can't just ungay yourself. You can't do that. That doesn't work. So as much as I was trying and being, you know, hard on myself, like beating myself up, like, why am I still feeling this way? I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. It just made me kind of go into really deep depression because you're not winning in this kind of game of, you know, trying to, make yourself someone that you're not and no one is in the group you know you don't see anything it just is a bunch of turmoil yeah joe do you mind do you feel comfortable explaining what happened with the shock therapy like what how they did it so they um they would put kind of nodes on your nipples and on your genitalia and they would show either pictures and or videos and if your heart rate got elevated or you got excited at all. Um, it was a shock similar to um, like an electric static shock. You know, like if you mm-hmm. rub up against something and all of a sudden you get that little shock on your hands, that's how it was. It didn't necessarily hurt. It was just jarring. Um, mm-hmm. And so you would kind of get a score and they would put it, put you in there for half an hour, 15 minutes, just depending. Um, and it was just a consistent and they would kind of measure like, okay, you got less excited this one. So it's working. Um, if you retracted, they would, um, <laughs> they would increase the, like the, the, the shock, um, to get you to kind of come back down. So you always petrified kind of going in there because you never wanted to get the, 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 like the, more of the the shock you wanted to kind of do better and so i try to psych myself out and just think of anything that i possibly could so that i would never get aroused or get my heart rate up or anything like thinking of everything that i possibly could um biting my tongue just like you know digging my nails into my um <laughs> my like thighs just so like i wouldn't have to kind of go through it anymore so i was very happy when i turned 18 that i could like not have to do that anymore yeah that like my heart breaks for you and for every kid like the kid that you know is put into that situation i mean just the group therapy and the you know that is really like trying to instill shame in someone you know like we all have enough problems with shame without someone like intentionally trying to insert it into us right and then you know, what you described, Joe, is like, you know, there's so much research on people who have been through some kind of sexual trauma, whether that's sexual abuse or sexual assault. And it, and there's a way in which, you know, in in, these sort of neurological and biological systems that allow for intimacy and, and, you know, like allow a person to perceive safety and intimacy. Like when you go through some sort of trauma, it, it can break that. Right. And then it can be a real struggle to like rebuild that. And like what you describe is like the, the intentional like destruction of, of that feeling of sort of safety and of being able to 
trust yourself and and everything like that it it makes me really really like furious and also like really heartbroken but also like really amazed to see like where you are today you know yeah lots of good therapy to make up for all the kind of unwinding of kind of what they did but i mean i used to have a lot of intimacy problems because of that and it took a while um to get that and part of that's like the trusting of the person trusting of the intimacy you know that's still you know is there sometimes so yeah i i can't talk you just better take this over <laughs> that's not a really good story yeah um yeah. so um cole i'm wondering if you can share with us like you know obviously like your journey is different but also like some of the kind of ups and downs of that like coming out to people in your life um so joe's is so traumatic i think because mostly because he came out at such a young age which i totally commend him for for me, like I said, I didn't come out till I was 27. I was thought I was in love, uh, or I mean, I guess I was in love at the time, but um, I thought it was going to be like forever love. And it was right after um, Obama had won, but Prop 8 had also passed. Mm -hmm. And so they were blocking gay marriage. And, you know, there was a no hate campaign in California. And I decided at that moment that I needed to be an example to my family um of what gay people are and that it's not like these over the top eccentric people that you see on tv that are like promoted all the time as like you know the gay people um but it's you know we, we come in all different shapes and sizes and including your own son and so i um i remember i went into the kitchen and i just started um i sat down in the in in the chair and my dad was like cooking some food and my mom was in the other room and I said, um, you know, I just wanted to let you like, let you guys know that, you know, I'm gay. And my dad thanked me for my discretion and my continued discretion. And um, that obviously like hurt a little bit, but um, I remember I went home and I didn't talk to them for like a year. And my mom, I commend her because I think that she kind of got my dad to come around again and they like ended up coming over and then i was still in that relationship for a while and um they said or and i remember like even when when that boyfriend had lost his job um my dad like really like went out of his way to like be accepting and like prayed with him that he would get another job and all this stuff and he was like he ended up really really coming around to an extent you know he was still a vicar at the church and preaching and um doing you know working on his um i don't know even what his degree in in ministry but um but yeah so he came around a lot i mean i still have definitely a struggle like i just had a huge talk with my mom the day before thanksgiving just um you know telling her that you know it's hard for me to be close to her and share my life with her when um you know she kind of believes that i'm going to be like burning in a lake of fire for eternity mm. and uh so that's hard but i mean in my everyday life it's very easy i mean i live in west hollywood and palm springs with joe so it's you know very easy as an adult now but at the time like yeah there's a lot of gay shame and i think i probably still have some trauma in my brain from what you know the stuff that my family used to say but uh, you know, thankfully I was never really put into a conversion camp or anything like that. It was more so just, uh, you know, keep it discreet. And to this day, like with my extended family, like 
we do not talk about me at all. And I mean, and, or even with my, my own mother, we don't talk about like my mom knows about Joe, but she's never met him. And, you know, it's just this unspoken, like, oh, you know, he, like, he's gay, but we're just not going to talk about it. And so that's how it is with my family. And with, with like, that's pretty much it though. It's just my family. And then everyone else in my life is like, cool. And it's, it has, it has been cool. I mean, I've been in LA since I was 26 years old after I finished design school. So it's been easy for me in that sense. Well, I mean, you say easy, but I mean, also like the, you know, like losing that kind of unconditional acceptance of your family is like anything but easy. Right. And like, and I, I really appreciate you Cole underscoring like the idea of like that, coming out is something that I think is, is so healthy for the individual to live as your full self. But there's mm -hmm. also this other aspect of it is to like help the rest of us, like wake the fuck up and like stop being like a terrible society that judges and shames people for who they are. Like there's almost this like altruistic component of like, Hey, like let's help people like get out of these really like regressive and harmful beliefs that just create so much pain and suffering in the world. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, part of my talk that I just had with my, with my mom was in relation to like bias and um, that I feel like she has a lot of bias against a lot of different groups of people. And I said to her, you know, cause she's, she has this thing with, with trans people um, particularly mm. where she thinks it's, you know, it's offensive to her to refer to like a guy, let's say like, Caitlyn Jenner to refer to Caitlyn Jenner as a she or a her is offensive to her. And I'm like, well, why? And so I had to explain to her the day before Thanksgiving, when I talked to her, you know, I was like, you know, it costs you nothing to just say her or she, and it means everything to this yeah. person. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's hard for that because it's like, there's still that bias that's there and it's like, sucks. Yeah. And, and it sucks, right? That's the emotional labor that people of marginalized identities like have to take on yeah. because of the sort of like, you know, blindness and, and like stubbornness of people with privilege. Right? Yeah. And I just don't understand why people care so much. Well, you know, it's interesting. I don't, I don't think we'll be able to get through this episode. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I mean, even my story of like being a pastor's daughter and I grew up my whole life believing that gay people were going to hell. That's what I was taught. Yeah. You yeah. know, and one of my best friends was gay and he was scared to come out to me. Mm. And that broke my heart. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then I, you know, yeah. and then like being married and then still being in the church and one day I just woke up and I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Like, why would a loving God make someone some something who they are just to torture them their entire lives? And if they don't follow the example of the traditional male, female, they're going to go to hell. Like, what the fuck? Like, that's not who God is. I know. I just had this conversation with one of my best friends I've known since kindergarten. And I explained to her the, the issue that I was having with my mom. And like, you know, that she probably believes that I'm going to burn in a lake of fire for eternity. And she was saying to me, well, you know, we're all sinners. 
And um, she's like, you know, I'm going to, she says, I, I have to repent for my sins too. I've had sex out of marriage. Um, you know, uh. I'm going to have to <laughs> repent for that. And I remember, and I was on the phone with her and I, I, I'm glad that I, we had the conversation because when I said it to her, it resonated with her and I knew that she got it. But I said to her, like, you're saying to me that I can live my life, you know, in a way what I gathered was you're saying to me that I should live my life how I, I guess how I am. But at the very end, I should ask for forgiveness so that I can like go to heaven. And I was like, you're asking me to like, you're saying that you're going to, you, you're asking forgiveness for an action, something that you did, you had sex. Mm. You're asking me to ask for forgiveness for who I am, mm. you know? And so that was like, that hit, I, it hits with me still, but it, it really hit her. And so it's like, it's hard because it's like, mm. is it just who I am? And Cole and I have similar family, like, kind of dynamics in that sense. Um, I've kind of not necessarily given up, but I've known that my family, I can only have so much relationship with them. My parents definitely think that I'm going to going to what Mormon hell is, um, you know, and that I'm definitely a sinner right now. Um, and they will love me up until as much as they can, but if Cole and I get married, like they're not coming to our wedding. Like mm. he's already made that. Very, and so it's, it's sad. And I've almost kind of made peace with like, all right, my family will be there because, you know, my mom raised me and I have respect and I do love my family and I do love my siblings, but they will never be a true part of my life. And none of them actually really know me, which is really heartbreaking for That's, me. I'm like, yeah. don't you want to have a couple that actually are no longer in the church and, you know, and, they know me much more than everybody else, but it's, there's a, there's a stopping point. And that's, it's sad because if you think about, you know, religion playing so much of a big part into this, into all of our lives, you know, God is the most loving person in the entire world. He would never do that to anybody. Mm -mm. And that's what I think everyone just needs to start following versus what people are interpreting, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's this Bishop in the Episcopal church who has this saying, I think his name is Michael Curry. And he says it all the time. He's like, if it's not about love, it's not about God. Like, 100%. period, full stop. Like, that's it. Well, but yep. then the Christian church will be like, well, it's not that we don't love you. Yes. We're, we, hate we're, your, we, love, we hate your sin. Yeah. We Ugh, hate your you. sin, but we love you. And what God has called us to do is to um, call you out. <laughs> yes. Call you out. And, and that's loving, you know, mm -hmm. and. Um, this is why I don't go to church anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you, you and so many other people. I yeah. mean, right. Like, so the fact is that in America, like unaffiliated is now like the largest category of like, you know, like people are leaving the church in droves yeah. because of this like bullshit regressive stuff that actually, by the way, has no scriptural basis behind it. Like there's no, like, if you look at the historical church, if you look at what is in scripture, there is no solid argument for this whatsoever. Yeah. You no. know, and it, it's actually like a uniquely American thing of like this, like, you know, vengeful, angry, you know, I, anyway, I'm, I'm going to stop preaching, but I wonder if we can shift gears. Cause like, cause you know, the other question I really wanted to ask both of you is to talk about the journey of finding community and finding mentors and finding kind of healing 
um, along the way to get to the place you are now. Basically, Jared just wants us to, he, he's like, we got to stop crying or we're never going to get to this <laughs> Well, but, but I mean, but like both no, sides of the te- coin are true, teasing. right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I guess I can go. I, I found, I moved to San Francisco when I was like coming out and I found a good group of people that kind of were more mentors to me. And that was, it's a, it, to be quite honest, it's a little harder to find in the gay community. Um, we are we aren't as inclusive with each other as I would like us to be. Mm-hmm. Um, we put people in different boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a little harder to find some of those people that actually can be your mentor. I had an uncle um, who was also gay and he passed um, of HIV and he had it, you know, he got it back in the eighties and fortunately survived. And so he was probably my, more of my mentor um, kind of teaching me and being like, this is what you should look out for. Do this, do that. Like, and that really helped shaped me and gave me kind of courage. And before I even, like when I came out, I didn't even know he was gay because my parents refused to let wow. me and him communicate in that way. Um, so it was definitely interesting, but that was probably my rock um, was him. Um, that's how I found, all right, here's what I should be doing. Here's what I should be marching towards. And a lot of it was just like, be a good person, open up your heart and let go of the anger or else you won't find your happiness. Mm. I love that. And I'm curious, like, what was after what you had been through, like, what was the experience of just being in San Francisco and seeing like droves of gay men like out and proud and having fun and connecting with each other? Was that like mind blowing? It was mind blowing. And I actually, I remember going into gay bars and literally standing in a corner because I wasn't drinking alcohol yet. And just like, I don't even know what to do. I, can I even talk to them? Like I was so like just baffled that there was this whole life and it took me a little bit to be comfortable with it, to be totally honest. Cause I was just so like, I didn't even spend money on Sundays until I was like, probably like 26, 27. Like I I was deep into it. So it, it was interesting. But then once I kind of let my guard down and let some of these people in, I'm like, this is, they're, they're fun. They're jovial. There there's, there's so much happiness that is, that can be had. So it, it definitely changed my perception because you were taught your entire life that these are terrible people. And I was a terrible person myself. And so to then kind of say, okay, I'm going to join those terrible people. We're all going to hell together. Like that's, was this still in my mind when I was first kind of like transitioning into it? That's awesome. What about you, Cole? Um, so growing up in orange County, uh, which is like, if, for those who don't know, I guess a, a very, it's called the orange curtains. It's very conservative. At least it, it was, I think it's just like recently. some orange hair. <laughs> yeah. So, um, they, uh, I used to like, I, I found all my friends online at the time, like on gay.com, to be honest, like I was 20 years old and <laughs> like, Joe, is that the first time you heard that? Like, yeah, I don't think I've ever said, said this to Joe, but like, yeah, I would meet people like on gay.com in chat rooms. I mean, this is like the early 2000s, you know what I mean? So aside from like, this is like MySpace time. I think it's like, like pre MySpace, pre MySpace, like AOL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like this is like, like AIM, yeah. dial up. <laughs> Adam for Adam, like legit dial up. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I would. I would. I met Z audience. Yeah, yeah I would. Sorry. I would. Yeah. <laughs> I would meet people um, online and that's how I met a few friends. And then when I was 20 years old, we would like 
drive out to West Hollywood and like I had a fake ID. Well, it was a real ID, but it belonged to like a, a coworker. And I would use it to get into the bar and meet people. And I remember being at the Abbey, which is like the epicenter of all things gay and the West Coast. And um walking in and I remember seeing two men kiss for the first time. And I was like, <gasps> like I have never seen that in real life. Wow. And so um I was dating this guy and he used to like we used to go to the to the Abbey together and and yeah, just I've always just like made my friends through, you know, through other people and then living in LA and having my network here. And that's how I'm here. I love that. And do you guys feel like you're now, like, do you feel like mostly supported in your life and your friends, other, you know, except for your family, but in these other, in your jobs, like, do you ever feel like there's any discrimination that comes up with that? Or do you feel like there's so much change that has happened? And I mean, Joe probably, Joe, Joe works in corporate America. So that's a little different for me. Like I'm an interior designer. It's like expected. Expected. No, no, If I'm straight, there's a problem. Yeah. They don't trust yeah. you if you're straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, corporate America, 100%. Even this day, like I work for a, like a fortune 10 company and while I'm, you know, head of part of the Pride ARG and like right there, um, like people still made fun of my Pride background um, when I had it for Pride. And I'm like, you shouldn't be saying that on a Zoom, a recorded Zoom, but cool. So I think there is a lot to do in corporate America still with like diversity and inclusion. That antithesis needs to kind of spread out a little bit more. Um, and I think we're not there yet. But this is why gay men move to cities where they feel they can be themselves. So I feel fully supported in my personal life because I moved to cities that are akin with that. I lived in New York, I lived in San Francisco, I lived in Los Angeles, live in Palm Springs, like all these places welcome us. I don't think I could live in a place that didn't welcome me. And I have to travel to a lot of places in the US that don't have that. And I've definitely been called out before going into some of these rural you know, Southern red states where people will still call you faggot on the street. And that uh. is not okay. And like pains me, but part of America is still like that. And so I, it makes me get out of my bubble sometimes and realize that there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. It's just, I choose to not be in those states. And that's why people move out of them. Well, and not to make this episode completely political, but this but, is, this is why you don't vote Republican because whether if you, you can be, you can say you're Republican and you still support black lives and the LGBTQIA community and feminism. But the truth is, is what you're voting for is anti that Mm -hmm. it is anti that. I think Leanna, didn't you send me that meme where it was like, don't tell me you love me and then vote for people who are against me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I know we have Republican and conservative listeners, but it's like, just, just think about it. Like what's more important, like how much money you make on your stocks or like people's humanity, like their, their quality of life. What is more important? Right. And to me, it's just like, I don't know. It just, it's, 
heartbreaking. Like, how can you listen to your guys' stories and still vote for a president who's trying to reverse the law that allows gays to be married? Mm -hmm. This is a conversation I literally just had with my mom where I was just like, you know, I don't think I've ever voted for someone's rights to be taken away. Um, Or at least their civil rights, you know, but... Mm -hmm it's definitely like painful. Like I've had conversations with, with that best friend I was telling you about, you know what I mean? Where she's, she's more conservative. And so it's hard because it's like, she, she said to me, like when we were voting the last time around, she's like, well, I don't think that, you know, that they're trying to take away your marriage, but if they do, I'll be right there and we will march on the street together. And I'm like, but I would never even risk it for you. I would never risk it. Yeah, it's and it's because the the privilege that they have that they don't have to worry about that. Right. Mm -hmm. Something that we're a marginalized group. We have to consistently worry. And that's what I think, like the voting scale, like fiscally, I'm totally Republican. Like, I don't want to be paying as much taxes that I do now. But I think that's everybody. Everyone can agree. All right. We want to keep some more of our our own money. But it's going back to that human aspect and even bringing kind of God into it, you know, do what you think is right. That is what is right. Giving everybody the agency to choose what they want to do. That is, that is the antithesis of everything. And it's really sad to see because, you know, Cole's family, my family, very Republican, you know, voting almost against us. And it, and it hurts a lot when you kind of see that because you're like, you're voting against me, especially Prop 8. That was awful. My parents even were like, you know, I was out there going door to door in Orange County, actually, like putting signs up, getting doors. Oh, yeah. signs my, face, my, my parents face. had the, the Prop 8 sign in their lawn. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Same. Wow. And I took it down every time I went to go see him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love it. Well, I wonder, maybe this is a weird question, but it I don't know, it could be a cool place to sort of like wrap up on. But like... um. Well, I, I, I will give you both the option of questions you want to answer. One is, um, what would you say to your like 14 year old or 16 year old self if you could go back in time? Or I guess like, what would you want any like young gay man or boy to know? Um, or, or if you want to say like, just what you want, like straight people to know or think about. All of these are great. You guys should do all three. <laughs> no, don't do it. Like, like pick, this pick, podcast pick is never one. Gonna yeah. <laughs> um, I guess I'll go. I would say to my like 14, 16 year old self that you will survive this and it will get better. And you don't have to kind of give in and follow what the social stigma is. And you're stronger than you know. Mm. That's incredible. I love that. Cole? I don't know what I would say to my younger self because I have a totally different journey than Joe, but um, I guess I would probably just tell myself to, you know, maybe be a more, be more confident in who I am earlier on. Mm. Um, Because I feel like, especially like about to turn 40, like I think I wasted a lot of time, like just hiding who I am. Mm. Yeah. So that's all. So uh, my final question is you guys need to put me on your like skincare regimen and work. (laughs) (laughs) 
Excuse me, Dr. Cole, me. about that. I'm, I'm just getting into I don't know his regimen right about. now. He has a fantastic <laughs> And maybe, like, you know, help me pick out some clothes. Cole, I can't believe you're almost 40. You look fucking 27. It, you look amazing. You, you guys, we have a YouTube channel, by the way. If you want to see how beautiful Cole, Cole and Joe are, <laughs> just look up Hello and Goodbye Podcast on YouTube. <laughs> but seriously, though, you guys should help Jared with his clothes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> We can do clothes. We can do maybe some of the towels and the sheets. Oh. Yeah. Let's just, all the, let's just check all the stereotype boxes. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I love it. Oh my goodness, you guys. Thank you so much for coming on and being so vulnerable. Um, I love you both so much. We love you too. Can you tell our listeners where to find you if you want them to follow you or follow your story? If not, that's okay too. My Instagram's the Cole Alexander. Uh, and mine's the underscore Joe underscore NYC. Although I should probably change that since I don't live in New York anymore. <laughs> <laughs> <The> dope, yes. <laughs> All right, yeah. guys. So go follow them. And um, and I will be seeing you guys soon. Thanks. We love you. Thank you. Love you too. Of course. Bye. Bye. All right, you guys. Well, Joe and Cole... I love you. I know our listeners love you now. Um, I forgot to say this in the beginning, but Joe is the one that came up with this amazing title for this episode. Yes. Yes. Good job, Joe. Yeah. Thanks like I will be reaching out to you for further episodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, make sure to follow us on Instagram at hello and goodbye podcast at underscore Liana Joan at the real Jared Rodriguez. You can find everything on our website from our sponsors to our YouTube channel to our Patreon account www.helloandgoodbyepodcast.com. Head to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating, leave us a review, share with a friend. Yeah, the, sharing the Hello and Goodbye podcast is also a wonderful holiday gift. Oh, yeah, sharing it with your hearts. Yes. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Belated Hanukkah. See you in the new year. No. <laughs> See you just before See you the new year. See you just a few days before. <laughs> Bye, you guys. Bye.